Today, the DOJ sues the state of Tennessee over banning child genital mutilation. Tucker Carlson rises from the ashes in a video with a ton of Easter eggs in there. And Joe Biden caught using a cheat sheet to remind him who's who at a press conference. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. And yes, the Department of Justice is suing the state of Tennessee over their new law prohibiting transgender medical treatment and surgeries for minors, arguing that the new law violates the Equal Protection Clause and discriminates against transgender children diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee said he is committed to protecting children from permanent life-altering decisions and plans to fight the federal overreach of power in court. Now, remember, the Equal Protection Clause says that no state shall deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. So trying to work this out here, I feel like the argument is, I guess, basically, but straight kids are still allowed to have their genitals mutilated and that's not fair, which obviously isn't true. And if it were, these same laws would be passed to protect those children from harm because unfortunately, sometimes children need protection from those who are supposed to protect them most, their parents. Take this recently resurfaced 1991 study of children with gender dysphoria. The study looked at 16 mothers of seven to eight-year-old boys with gender identity disorder and 17 mothers of same-aged normal boys to determine whether differences in psychopathy and child-rearing attitudes and practices could be identified. You will likely not be shocked to hear that over half of the mothers, 53% of the boys, the mothers with boys who had gender dysphoria, were either clinically depressed or had borderline personality disorder, compared to just 6% of the normal moms. Many of them also had narcissistic personality disorder. Huh, who would have seen that coming? The paper also found that mothers of sons with gender identity disorders are extremely dependent on their sons for emotional sustenance and exhibit boundary problems and difficulty separating from their sons. They felt their entire lives revolved around their sons, making statements like, I can't think of anything that I do apart from my son. I never go any place without him. We're always attached. In some other cases, these mothers disapprove of relationships with others. They say, it bothers me that he talks to other people. I don't know, and not to me. This is emotional abuse. It is mental abuse. It is abuse. The women also describe themselves as compulsively seeking companionship, as prone to intense, emotionally stormy, angry relationships, and as having chronic and intense feelings of loneliness, emptiness, and depression. They tend to make excessive demands on people and feel entitled to do so. Does this sound like a mentally stable person who should be pushing children into making life-altering decisions? A follow-up study from 2012 shared the same conclusion, that mothers with boys who have gender identity disorder are more likely to have impaired emotional function than the control group of mothers. And with skyrocketing mental health issues in this country, it's not difficult to understand why the increase in trans youth, which isn't a thing, these are mentally ill liberal white women, the biggest plague to our society today, by the way, pushing their mental illness onto their children. Someone who is so emotionally unstable they can't handle their young boys having friends outside of themselves, so narcissistic and disgusting and deluded that they treat their young sons like they should husbands? Yeah, how sick is that? Someone that sick cannot give consent for life-altering, permanent, irreversible surgeries or medical procedures for their children. 
These are abusive mothers psychologically abusing their children because they are psychotic. And as usual, the Biden regime wants to help them achieve that goal. That's about right. Here to discuss this and more, we have Blaze TV contributor Yaku Buyans, also host of The Bottom Line, and Stuber here, host of Stu Does America, which you can see on Blaze TV, but I would suggest that you also subscribe to his YouTube channel. Please do. Yes. Great advice. Um, and so I just, it is just so frustrating to fight this battle constantly. Now the, the Department of Justice is suing Tennessee because it matters that much to them. S permanently altering child's uh, breasts or genitals, um, you know, permanently altering whether or not they go through puberty, which is irreversible. Um, the Biden regime wants to do that really bad to children. Like they really, some might say, this is not actually gender affirming care. And some might say, for as much as they say that this harms children, what we're talking about, actually they are physically harming children and they're using the DOJ now to try to do just that. At, at every level, mm -hmm. whether it's not harming children coming across the border, this is a weaponization of the DOJ against American people. So now the Department of Justice clearly, by taking action like this, is an organization that takes a single phone call from the White House that says, you will do this. Because the agenda is target the children. Because you destabilize a family completely. The nuclear family is out of the question. Remember when we just said, what is marriage? Is it a husband and a wife, a man and a woman? And there was conversation. When you destabilize a child, case in point, we're dealing with one right now. It wrecks the family, mm -hmm. absolutely destroys the family. The father and the mother split up. There's Jeff Younger, you see, I mean, it, it destroys a family. Siblings are ripped apart. It's a beautiful but toxic mechanism to destroy the nuclear family and they know it. So they'll weaponize the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, any three-letter agency to destroy the nuclear family because that's the greatest threat against big overlord government mm. is the nuclear family function the way God intended it. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating to Yaku's point. Um, I, it, may, it may have been yesterday. Um, we were maybe day before yesterday. We were talking about because uh, I think you were here. We were talking about how Joe Biden made those comments about there's no such thing as someone else's child. It's all of our children. It's all of our children. It's like straight out of the communist playbook, like literally out. of. I mean, that you could hear Karl Marx saying that because that that's that's what their end goal is. They want to abolish, as you mentioned, the family unit. They want to abolish all of these things to move us into a state of communism. Like, that's how you do it. It's really remarkable to watch it happen in real time. And it happened, it's happening so fast. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if you remember, and I never remember we've even revisited this clip on this show as it went viral over and over again, a clip from Melissa Harris-Perry, a former MSNBC host who did the thing where she was like, oh, actually, children belong to the entire community. You don't really have kids. we got to stop thinking about it that way. And it was so offensive. In 2013, it was a big story. Mm -hmm. And it's become, it's gone viral several times times since because everyone thinks it's a terrible idea. And then the president, in the middle of a, an election where he's trying to appeal to the middle, in theory at least, is coming out with this same exact idea. Mm -hmm. um, it really, ha we've come so far so fast. You really look back uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, these things would not even be considered. And, you know, I think like you have this situation where they've decided to try to like jam all these things together, the L, the G, the B, the T, and all the other stuff at the end. But if you think about the difference between LGB 
and T is really, really crucial. Yes, it, yes. It, it's yes. fast, it, and it came really fast, but the difference, I think, is really crucial. And here's what I mean. The LG, fundamentally, the LGB groups are telling us the truth, mm-hmm. right? They are telling us, a, a guy is telling us that they want to hook up with other guys. Yes. And we can all say, hey, that's not my thing. And then we can say, hey, I agree or I disagree with that lifestyle. Or we should come up with all these different benefits. But fundamentally, what they're saying is actually accurate. Mm-hmm. They are men who want to hook up with men. There you go. And we can all look at that and say, okay, we might not agree on every policy that's associated with that. We might not agree on all sorts of stuff, but we all can at least agree on the fundamental truth of what's happening. Mm-hmm. They, on the other hand, with the T part of the acronym, are asking us to participate in a lie. They are asking us to, di- to, to participate in someone saying something that is not true, that a man is a woman because they have decided they are a woman, despite the fact that they are obviously a man. That is asking too much mm-hmm. from society. It's asking too much from regular people. It's asking too much from people who are laissez-faire and want to sit back and say, you know what, you guys do what you do, we'll do what we do. You can't ask us to participate in something that is blatantly untrue. And I think that's wh- why this one hits us completely differently. We all want everyone to have equal rights. We all want people to be able to live their lives and be happy. But you're asking something of us that's violating something that is central, likely to our faith, and also central to uh, who you are as just an honest human being. Mm-hmm. We have, if we can't come together and see basic truths like this, it's impossible to run a civilization. And to the point you were just making, Sarah, this is a path to un, uh, upend Western civilization. Yes. This is a path to go down the route that we've seen through Marxism and so many other attempts at reordering the, the human experience. And, I, you know, look, I hope we still live in a country that will not put up with that. Mm. I, I, at times, I doubt that we live in that country. But really, I mean, when I talk to people, even Democrats, people who want higher taxes than me, people who might even be pro-choice and, and have all sorts of disagreements with, with me on policy, they can admit that this is nonsense. Yeah. It, when you talk to them in real terms, they can admit that this is, this is crazy. They might feel bad for someone going through this because, you know, they might have parents. Mm-hmm. You went through the studies. You might have parents that have all sorts of, uh, you know, problems. Push them there. Mm-hmm. That push them there. They yeah. may have had a really tough life. You can sympathize with that, but we can't abandon the truth. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Stu, it's so well said. And in order then to settle society, to say you must and will agree with this, we're going to add Q, questioning. So not only will we be trans, <laughs> But even that can be fluid. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. It, we can question today, am I still today or am I not today? Yeah. And, but, and I think that's why, as Stu, you mentioned that the LGB and the T are very separate things. It's, it's just so like even their, their general basis um, from which they draw this conclusion is completely counter counterintuitive to one another because the LGB literally is saying Lady Gaga wrote a song about it, born this way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they are saying their argument is you can disagree with them if you want. You can disagree with them if you want. But they're saying we were born this way. You should accept us because this is an immutable characteristic of ours. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. they're supposed to mold with the one other category that says we literally can change our minds at any time. Yeah. Now, that's not born this way. And we're still not sure, so we're questioning. Well, that, I mean, that, that's, why, that's why they keep saying gender is fluid. If you I mean, say gender is fluid, even when you say that you're transgender, you might change your mind the next day, and then you could be a different gender. So 
they're so like con contradicting one another. It's it, it will be fascinating to see how this ends, because I do think there are a lot of gay people who are watching this nonsense and they're like, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I've had some of them say that to me. I did a Sarah Gonzalez. This is not us. I did, I did a Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered video probably three, four years ago, it feels like, where I literally said, it was, um, I believe the, it was a drag queen, you know, that whole drag queen dancing for, twerking for children was coming up. And I, I said, there is going to be a moment where the, L, the L's, the G's, and the B's are gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, you can take the T's over there. We're just gonna go on our way because it's difficult to see how else this ends. Yeah. Misrepresenting them, it really is. And, it, and actually they've all now been bundled, right? Mm -hmm. And so Rob Smith, mm -hmm. who's a well-known conservative, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. came on my show a couple of years ago and he said, Yaku, can I just say something freely? And there wasn't a conversation. He said, I just want people to know that's not us. Right. And he's married to a man. Yeah. And he said that, and he served, in the, he served in the army or the Marine Corps, I can't remember. But he's like, that's not, we don't stand for, for abusing children. Yeah, they Rubin too. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I mean, there's, there's tons of examples of this. And, 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 and the thing that's really irritating about this particular issue is that even the people in our government at the highest levels on the left all know the same thing that mm -hmm. we know. They all know the same truth too. Let me give you a dumb example that proves this. Pete Buttigieg has been getting beat up over the female crash test dummy situation where he says this is a big issue and everyone's making fun of him on the right. They're like, oh, typical Pete Buttigieg. And it is honestly a very silly thing. And it's, of course, always okay to make fun of Pete Buttigieg. But like, fundamentally, if we take away all the politics of it, we should have female crash test dummies, right? Because why? Because women are different than men. That is fundamentally why you need female crash test dummies. If what they were saying was true, they could just go to all the male crash dummies and say they identify as female and we'll get all the test results from them. But they can't do that because men and women are different. They know it too. Everyone knows it. That's the frustrating part of this. Well, what about a transgender crash test dummy? Yeah, not, not gonna work for me, man. Well, it's, it wouldn't be possible because be there possible. are only two options. Right. Yes. <laughs> what would you even do? What would you even do? You would just take the male <laughs> and put a wig on it. Yeah. And it would be the transgender one, so I what guess. What Sue is saying is, will Detroit <laughs> finally stand up, the auto manufacturers, and say, we can bring clarity to this company? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna solve it. Just two. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more. First, we're gonna thank our sponsor. Chamonix. So I know there's some people, particularly ladies, who might feel like they got to go to some like go to Brazil or Colombia and get a bunch of crazy stuff done to their face because they think that they're going to get a very good deal. But um, I recommend just staying here in the United States and using Genucel. You're going to look years younger uh, during the Genucel Mother's Day sale. I'm going to read you a real review from Genucel.com. Claire says, I absolutely love Genucel. My skin feels so good, tighter, younger with a more even tone. And I only used it for a week. My advice for everyone, take a before picture. I would agree with Claire. Um, I use Genucel. I particularly love the immediate effects that you put under your eyes. You can, f literally, they said it in the name, you can feel it immediately working. It's cooling, um, it's smoothing, it's firming. I highly recommend the Genucel products. You can go to genucel.com slash why right now, save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package during their Mother's Day sale. Um, 
Listen, some men, I think, are like they're worried that if they get their wives uh, something that helps with wrinkles, fine lines, they're going to think that you think that they're old. That's not the case. They're going to appreciate it. I promise. Every most popular package features their ultra retinol and dark spot corrector. You can go to GenuCell.com slash Y. You're going to get a complimentary spa essentials box with every package order from now until Mother's Day and free upgrade to priority shipping. Go there today. It is GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. All right, those of you who are watching on Blaze TV, we appreciate you guys being subscribers. Um, but those of you who may be watching, you know, maybe you're watching on Pluto, maybe you're already watching on YouTube, make sure that you uh, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and comment. Let us know what you think about the news of the day. Um, so I want to get into... Um, this Joe Biden uh, topic. So Joe Biden was uh, caught with a cheat sheet, and I want to get into that. But I want to show you first, Joe Biden, I believe he is walking up to a press conference. And when I saw, just full disclosure, when I saw this uh, on Twitter, it, it was including the caption, he looks like he's trying to hold in diarrhea. Watch. <laughs> A mini march, but he, he is, is pinching. He's pinching. <laughs> oh, look at his face. His face yeah. tells you he it is diarrhea. Is, is, he, is it a robot? How, that is not. That is a frail man. He looks like a robot. He's so stiff. He clearly can barely walk. Um, it really is. Look, we make fun of it. I legitimately, every single time he goes to one of these things, I legitimately am like, is this going to be the press conference where we literally catch him mm. collapsing or having some sort of a health event in the middle of it because he is, we all have eyes and we can see him deteriorating right in front of our very eyes. So to that point, uh, so yesterday he was caught, I mentioned, with a cheat sheet. So he had a, a card it had a picture of the reporter with a pronunciation cue of her name and what uh, is a qu the question that she would be asking him. Now, remember, this is just one of the cards. I'm sure the next card had um, mm -hmm. the answer, right, and all of the other reporters' questions because— I mean, we know that he has a list of people to call on. We know that. He said, he said it before. Multiple times he said, uh, let me look at my list of, of, of who to call on. But to not be able to know the reporter's name, how you pronounce it, you, he has to know ahead of time what the question is. I guarantee you the answer is right behind that first, that first card right there. I mean, this is, we all know he's not running the show, but like, there cannot be any any further argument that he's making any decisions or speaking from his own faculties at all at any point, I don't think. Well, I mean, unless he's sniffing kids and telling <laughs> that, children well, that he happening. can't remember the last time he took a trip out of the country, even though it was two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Well, does he know what country he's in? Probably uh, not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's like that clip where he's walking down the ramp and they said, we're going to you're going to stop on the blue mark on the blue mark and I'll start this for you saying hello to them, I'll start this for you. I think it's every step. I think it's the same at breakfast. Imagine what we don't see. Imagine just waking him up for breakfast. And Joe, you, you, you eat with his hand. No, but, but what strikes me when he's walking across that lawn, Sarah, is the president of the United States, the flag, the president, the Oval Office represents the nation. So if he's representing our nation, how frail does our nation look right mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Pretty frail. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yes. Add into that all of the 
horrible decisions, weak decisions that he's made, and our our country is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. um, Stu, I, <laughs> this is how bad this is. His press conference prep, it lists all of the names of the people who will be involved, and they have to write you <laughs> at the top of the card so that he Don't knows that, that he's, he's there. there. Yeah. <laughs> it literally Jinx. said, you, uh, so why weird. would that need to be on there? No, you are in this one. person who was, did not have dementia. If you were wondering, you, you are in you're this You're there one. because you're there. Yeah, most people would be able to pick that out. Uh, <laughs> you're totally right. That was actually the part that stood out to me as the most disturbing part of it. Like you have to tell him that he's actually there. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny because you look at the these uh, the prep and, you know, we made fun of him, you know, for times having a list of reporters. But like there could be a reason for that. Right. Like maybe mm -hmm. you want to make sure you're spreading out the asks and, uh, you know, maybe some person got taken first last time and you don't want to put them last this time or whatever. Like there could be a reason for that. The pictures. All right. You're starting to go a little bit far there. You know, maybe they can't you can't recognize a few White House reporters there all the time. All right. <laughs> Even to the point where, like, maybe you could argue a topic, right? She wants to ask sure. a question about semiconductors. Mm -hmm. sure. Okay. You know, to have the actual full question mm -hmm. on the page mm -hmm. before, he takes the, before he even starts the interaction is like cheating, right? Like, but it also means that she submitted the question, which probably means the yep. press team they moderated all. the question, you know, and, yes. and adjusted it. That's the key point, know? right? They're playing along with this. Yeah. They, of course they wouldn't play along with this with a, with a Republican president. No. They know he needs help, and they're trying to give him help. And when you, you know, the, the walking footage is mostly just funny, especially after the imagery you included <laughs> with it. Um, but also you see he's walking with, you know, someone from the military, and also, I don't know who it was, but an, an older gentleman, like not a young person, and he looks so much more comfortable and so much more spry. Yeah. Like he looks like he's slowing down his walk to keep up with the president. And, you know, there have been a lot of foreign leaders that grow very old in office and don't give you this feeling. We've seen it. We've seen dictators around the world. We've seen presidents around the world that I mean, are Donald very Trump old. Donald Trump isn't he? Yeah, Donald Trump is basically the same yeah, age. What, you know? two years younger yeah, or something? I was, like, was going to say three or four. Yeah. Playing golf, swinging his driver, yeah. I mean, and staying on his two feet. But this really, if you think of, just think of an old age home for those of you who've been there. And when you picture it, this is how people move when there's dementia. They move a certain way. It is cautious. It's, and he's staring at one point. The other leader is looking around, you know, he's not. It's like shuffle, shuffle, mm -hmm. shuffle, shuffle, don't fall, don't fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Richard Lewis, who's on a Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. and a bunch of shows, a comedian from back in the day, and he just released a video the other day saying he has Parkinson's. And, you know, how he figured it out was he was walking and he was shuffling his feet. And he's like, what is going on with me? He went to the doctors and found out it was Parkinson's. And I, that's just the first thing that came to mind watching that video. I mean, he looks... Like he's in the middle of dealing with some a really motor disorder, a, a neuro, disorder. a neuromotor disorder. Yeah. yeah, and we've all been watching this happen slowly and painfully every day for multiple yeah. years. It's, it's just sad. it really it's is sad. sad. It's it's bad for him. It's bad for his family. It's bad for the country to watch. I mean, it really is. And of course, what are they doing? They're going to trot him back out there for another four years. It's incredible. And that well, that, right? That that is so crazy to me because not just the people behind him pulling the strings and it's not just his wife who clearly is committing elder abuse but <laughs> it's the millions of people who will still vote for yes. him mm -hmm. just like in Pennsylvania when I know we were talking off air about John Fetterman um, just like in Pennsylvania where you had people line up 
knowing they were voting for a vegetable because they don't care as long as he hits the right button. That's where we're at. And I think, sorry, Stu, oh, I, think, I think that's the point, though, Sarah, is even the left probably thought that by now, the right would have so exposed Biden that, that their own tolerance was growing thin. And it, yet he's still there and he still has support. And you see this in his campaign and the way he announced it, right? A, mm -hmm. a video in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. He's looking to run yet another basement campaign. And this is something that I think conservatives and Republicans need to think about as they look at this primary. You know, their strategy is hope everyone hates the Republican uh, so much that yep. they forget on president. Yep. That's basically their campaign idea. And, you know, look, it, it, I don't know, you, you can make the decision on who you think that person is, but it is something to consider. If 53% if of the population won't even consider your candidate for whatever reason, even if they're all idiots for making that decision, you're going to have a tough time winning this election because what they're going to do is run and hide and have the media co run cover for them once again. It's going to be as if COVID is in full effect and he can't leave the basement again. And the more that that this election is about what whoever the Republican is, as opposed to Joe Biden and what he's done to this country and whether he's capable of doing this job, the, the more it's about the Republican, the, the worse it, it is. It, we, this needs to be a referendum on these four we years. We need to draw them bad. out. We need to draw them out. Come make your case. Yeah. Come defend your position. Yeah. Come answer for what you've done. Mm -hmm. Don't allow them to hide. It was dismal that we allowed him to hide so, in the bunker. So let me ask you something, because I know the media was very complicit in that regard, but... How, do you think that an honest journalist, this is a, a serious question because I'm going through it in my head right now. Do you think that an honest journalist should ever agree to submit a question beforehand, the in, entire question verbatim, to attend something like that? I feel like I don't. I feel no. like I personally no. do not. No. I, mean, I feel like no. I mean, Stu, you mentioned you could maybe say the, the general topic, maybe. But I feel like any honest journalist should be raising the alarm and saying, guys, the White House is making us submit our entire question. I want an honest that, answer, right? Right. Like, you're, I want an answer from the president. Yes. Why should I have to? And they're, they're all playing the game. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm stretching, but maybe if, if it was some non-controversial topic that was not central to his job, right? Like he's, yeah. he's coming out and he's got a bunch of kids, school kids with him. And, and you know, they, they're asking about reading materials and he's not really thinking about that. It's just like a, 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 a photo op, right? right? Maybe in that situation you could stretch and say, well, these aren't important. They're not challenging questions. Who cares if he knows them in advance? Something like this is really important. He should have basic knowledge. He should be able to move on his feet a little bit. Yeah. And he can't. So the, the, the press is playing along with this every step of the, de of, of the, of the way. And, and, and of course, when you submit these questions and the, uh, the, uh, the administration and his aides have a chance to sort through them and then decide who's going to be chosen, of course you're incentivized to give him questions that are going to come out positively for him. Because these reporters want to be called upon. They want, they called want, they want their the question asked. Right. I mean, and right. so you, you want the light? Let, almost let us write your question for you. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. so disgusting. Um, all right, we uh, let's take a quick break and then talk. To
Tucker when we come back. First, I want to thank Relief Factor. So if you are one of millions of Americans, you live in pain and you feel like this is, this is just life now, I guess this, my life is just going to suck all the time because you're just constantly feeling the pain going about your day. And it can make you, you know, grumpy. Maybe you have less patience with your family. But the point is, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, you can try Relief Factor, which targets the inflammation in your body. Uh, it's all natural. And, um, you know, you have this inflammation and maybe you're trying an anti-inflammatory medication, which those have really bad side effects. Maybe you're putting on a topical cream and wherever you have your pain and it feels great for 10 minutes and then it's gone. Try this, please. 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start keep ordering it because it works. So if you're living in pain, try this. It is $19.95 and it's a trial pack. You can go to relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. Uh, Tucker Carlson broke the internet last night after posting a two and a half minute video to Twitter. Uh, this is, of course, the first time we're hearing from him uh, since his departure from Fox News. And um, I want to play for you his kind of reflection on uh, once, once he took a step back from Fox, what he realized. Watch. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. Uh, he went on to detail how the media has held people back from having meaningful discussions on topics that actually matter, like uh, corporate power, demographic uh, changes, and uh, civil liberties. And, I, you know, you got to wonder who in particular he's talking about as he's making the statement. Watch. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Uh, he went on to say the United States looks like a one-party state. Uh, he said our current orthodoxies won't last, they're brain dead. Uh, hardly anyone's life is improved by them. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force, which he says will not work. Uh, when honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. And he uh, ends it by saying uh, that there aren't many places left where you can find true things. But there are some. That's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Interesting. Can't help but, but wonder if these were all veiled comments relating to his former employer. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you pretty much. <laughs> and to the Murdoch family and the Uniparty in D.C. Mm -hmm. that we all know exists, and really the Uniparty inside, you know, big media, corporate media. 
it's groupthink. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, I, and I love that he came out so early to say, look, basically, there were many things I wanted to talk about, but they wouldn't let me. You know, and both political parties want to talk about things that benefit them. And then I was so happy that he also threw in some of the big donors who actually drive the narrative in both parties. They do swing a big stick and they say, hey, we donate big dollars, stay between the lanes because mm-hmm. this is what benefits us. Mm-hmm. And they figure out how to work the system, kind of like Dallas, Texas. A lot of the conservatives in Dallas, Texas, have figured out how to work with Clay Jenkins. <clears throat> Although he is flat out evil, they don't really want him removed because they built a money machine around the guy and the law firms that he supports in all the cases, et cetera. So we need to smash all of that. All that needs to go, Stu. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with that. And and I agree with much about what Tucker said. And and let me first say, if you happen to find yourself needing a show to watch at 8 p.m. Eastern... (laughs) I've got a great one for you. It's on Blaze TV. It's called Studios America. Come on, people. Come join us. We would love to have you. Until Tucker's got his next thing, come check us out, and, and we'll have a great time. You will not be silenced. I will not be silenced. No. And I they will don't say, do that here. You know, I mean, it's a heck of a benefit of working here, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it really is. You don't. It's not sure. the type of thing you have to worry about. <laughs> you know, I don't ever, ever. feel ever. like I'm going to be silenced for what I say. And that's something that I think Tucker in his next uh, his next role here is going to really appreciate. I think it's it's the type of thing uh, you know that certainly we did. Uh, you know, I worked at Fox News. Uh, we left Fox News, um, you know, many years ago, and we went through a process similar to what Tucker's going through, including all of a sudden very negative things come popping up in the press over and over and over again about Glenn. Um, this is, you know, unfortunately the way Fox has decided to do business. And, you know, I, I think when you step back at the 50,000 foot level, we are a country that really needs Fox News to have some sort of mainstream balance uh, to what's going on in the media. I don't know what this country would have been like if Fox News never existed. I don't know what the conservative movement would have turned into. We would be in a much worse place. On the other hand, there's all sorts of problems there, and I feel it's getting, you know, it's, they're, they're getting weaker and weaker. They're taking their strong voices and they're throwing them to the side. They never want anyone to be any bigger uh, than Fox News. They want people to stay in their little box and say the things that need to be said. And, you know, look, Tucker's going to be fine. Tucker's going to make gobs of money after this. Uh, He's going to have every suitor uh, possible chasing after him, and probably including us, Mm -hmm. to try to get him to their network. And uh, and that's understandable. He's a really important voice here. But you see the way they're acting. There's a report in the New York Times that came out, and it was like, well, he got fired because there's video of him saying really bad things and, uh, and, and saying bad things about women. Well, what's the video? Can we see the video? What's the evidence of this? The Times won't tell you. They just want you to have this open-ended picture of something that he did that's really, really bad. And you should just understand that he's a bad guy. And again, this isn't coming from MSNBC. It's not coming from the Democratic Party. This is coming from inside of Fox News. Mm -hmm. These people constantly do this. They did it to Glenn. They have these little little things that they leak to the media to try to ruin you from where when you leave because you go to Fox and you never leave. It's the Hotel California of the news. That's not right. You know, even though they've been an important role here, it's, it's not right. They shouldn't treat people this way. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think people are, are waking up to that. I think so, too. I, I think also that, you know, when you, you mention all of the, all of a sudden, all of these negative stories start coming out, like the woman who claims that she was a producer and he, he had a hostile work environment and there was some sort of sexual behavior at the workplace. Oh, oops, uh, the New York Times forgot to leave uh, the, give us a little tidbit that she never met Tucker in her nine months employed by Fox News. Never once met him because he filmed at his homes mm -hmm. in Florida and Maine. So she's... Accusing him of what exactly? She wasn't even there. Then I do want to say something about, about these text messages or these videos that, that keep, they keep saying, oh, well, Tucker used the C word when he was talking about someone else. You know what? Go through my private text messages, and I'm sure that I've said just as bad or worse about other people when I'm having a private conversation with my friend or my mom or my husband. Like, there's no one alive that has not done something like that. And so... It's just fascinating to me. Also, if the worst thing that he said uh, about a woman that was derogatory was called her yummy, you went through his whole phone. <laughs> and out of all the things that he could have said, that's the worst one you could find. He's pretty clean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. It's, it's not real. No. Right? No, it's like, fake. It's fictitious. But Stu, what a squandered opportunity for Fox News in a time when your main adversary is literally bleeding out. CNN is yeah. not even a, a, an opponent. Mm -hmm. You have no opponent. You got The View. You got MSNBC. Ma you know, Rachel Madcow. Maddow Madcow. <laughs> who's, your, who's your competition, Fox? That you're... So you just pick mediocrity. Yeah. You just pick to know. You can dominate, but no, they're infiltrated. Mm. It's from the inside. Like you said, you experienced it way back when. That was a different Fox. Yeah, well, it was back it's then. still there. Still there. It's still there. I mean, I was even going back to just the numbers of people watching. Like, you know, they, they said, you know, his numbers, are, the numbers are way down since Tucker left, um, which is, of course, to be expected. But, you know, there's still, you're talking about 250,000 people in the demo watching. I went back and just looked at one of our days when we were there, and I don't remember it was a good day, particularly good day, but it, we, it was over 600,000 in the demo watching. I mean, th this, they've killed themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's other factors there. There's Netflix, there's other things. But they've killed themselves for a very long time. And they continue to do this. This isn't going to make Fox go away. It's not going to make it disintegrate. It will weaken it yet again. And it will cause people to leave and, and come here. So welcome. We, we love having you here. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, I know we got to go to break, but um, the Tucker Carlson video that he posted just last night, 20 hours ago, 18.7 million views. Wow. 320,000 people watching Fox last night. Do you need Fox anymore? Do you need him? Right. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go to a quick break. But we want to tell you guys, we're really excited to announce that Blaze TV is embarking on a mission to save comedy from the humorless left. And we're launching this mission next Thursday, May 4th, by releasing our first ever full-length comedy film. It is called Reopening, and it's the kind of comedy flick that woke Hollywood would never dream of releasing. It's a mockumentary following the cast and crew of a small community theater that are they're struggling to reopen during the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a brilliant work of satire using humor to expose and ridicule the insanity that we all lived through that swept the nation during this pandemic. This is how we defeat wokeism, by laughing at it and by creating a parallel economy of entertainment that you can enjoy. So join us on Thursday, May 4th at 8 p.m. Eastern for the premiere of Reopening. We're going to be streaming a live pre-show on YouTube and Facebook with members of the cast. But the movie itself will be available exclusively on Blaze TV. So make sure you head over to blazetv.com slash reopening. Use the code reopening to get $20 off your subscription. That is blazetv.com slash reopening.
So four Republican lawmakers who voted against the GOP's debt ceiling plan are speaking out against House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. This is Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Tim Burchett and Ken Buck. Um, and it's fascinating because they joined the, the, the vast majority of Democrats um, who opposed the legislation that would suspend the debt limit until it rises by $1.5 trillion or until March 31st, 2024. Um, Gates said uh, advocating for work requirements to be a feature of federal spending reform. And um, it's just fascinating because uh, do I have it right that they voted with the Democrats, but for completely different reasons, mm-hmm. because they want to get a handle on the debt ceiling and the Democrats just don't want to have one. Do I have that right? Like, yeah, but they're voting the, the same yeah, way, but for, but moment, for different reasons. My understanding reasons. was for the moment, both those parties for very different reasons disagreed with, with McCarthy. It's just so, it's so frustrating that it's just, when are we going to ever get a Republican who has any sort of say, who says, hey, we should probably do something about how much we're spending. Um, you're going to wait a while. We, they, that used to be like a thing that Republicans in Congress uh, said. I, I, look, even the previous administration spent like it was water, spent yeah. like sailors. A hundred percent. I mean, it's not it's, like sailors. I mean, I mean, look, you, know, you say what you want. Fiscal responsibility. Um, it's dead. It's interesting. <laughs> you know, Ryan Binkley, who announced running for president. Ryan is make that, make from Dallas, Texas, entrepreneur. He's making that a real campaign issue about fiscal spending and response, you know, balancing the budget. It's going to have to become a key feature, Stu, because how, how far, how far can you go? I mean, we just also have to be honest, which Sarah is always honest. Previous president spent like crazy, outspent Obama. Mm-hmm. And then Biden's like, okay, we'll continue. That trend, that curve has not moved. It's just Got about a minute. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, look, Trump. It wasn't a big part of his campaign, and you see this in the in the primary advertising he's doing now. I mean, his at primary advertisements against Ron DeSantis look like boilerplate Democratic ads from the 1990s. I mean, he's criticizing him on, oh, he wants to cut Social Security. These are the same things that Al Gore would say about George W. Bush in a campaign. I do think that's a problem. You know, I, I, you know, we saw what happened when you just blow out five, six trillion dollars in a couple of years. And we saw the inflation penalty that we uh, did pay and are still paying. And this doesn't even address the long term issues. We have seemingly no party that even cares about it at this point. Mm-hmm. And we I mean, look, we will pay. We already are paying the piper for that. But we will pay for this for decades and decades to come. And our and generations after us will. It's it's it's, it's repulsive. Yeah, it is really sad. Um, All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, Congratulations, everyone. Admission standards are being lowered in American universities for incoming freshmen, starting with West Virginia University, who announced this week that they will no longer require students to submit SAT and ACT exam scores to gain admission to their school. Why, you might ask? They want to reduce the stress of the college application process. (laughs) We have to handle these fragile Gen Zers with such care. Wrap them in bubble wrap, encase them just in case they trip and fall uh, during their, you know, journey into life. So, um, yes, that's right. They now don't have to qualify at all. I'm sure there's nothing that could go wrong with this. Horrific plan. Raise it to 4.5 GPA. (laughs) Make them tough. Drag them. Bounce them. 
you know, make them climb, make them work for it, earn it, sweat it out. We can't, I mean, where does this end? We are such a, a powder puff culture today that you can't, you, and, and here's what's happening though. And I've had probably 10 conversations with corporations and churches over the last week where Gen Zers complain because excellence is required of them. Mm-hmm. They want mediocrity. Mm-hmm. We want it free and we want to be poor at it. Mm-hmm. And you should pay us 30 bucks an hour for showing up. I say no, thank you. Yeah. By the way, uh, Columbia University, Ivy League school, wow. has also uh, permanently eliminated standardized test requirements for undergraduate applicants. Incredible. Incredible. What is the qualification then? Just graduate Are, are high you black? Yeah, right. Are you, do you identify as gay? Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, th- those are going to be the qualifications that they're going to look for. It's, it's, it's the death of merit, right? Mm-hmm. Merit is the fundamental thing that basically made this country what it is. The focus on merit as opposed to class who you know kings and queens and royalty as opposed to race uh, and all the things those are the things we were trying to leave behind in this country now they're trying to bring them back as if that's the way the country should be run uh, it, it, i said this before today but it, there's no way there's no way to run a civilization yeah. it really isn't thank you guys for being here thank you thanks sir love the stream and subscribe to more blaze media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts